0: Welcome to Downstream from Florida College, the podcast for young people seeking wisdom. On this podcast, we explore cultural trends, spiritual growth, and common sense in 15 minutes or less. Thank you for joining us today as we head downstream. Now, here's your host, Dr. John Weaver.
1: Today, we're thinking about Christian view of the world. What shapes our view of the world, and both before high school and after high school? Help me think about this question of worldview. I'm joined here by two of our faculty at Florida College, Dr. Doy Moyer and Dr. Shane Scott. Dr. Doy Moyer is a professor, an author, a preacher. He's chair of the liberal studies program here at Florida College, and he has expertise in a variety of areas, including Christian hermeneutics and apologetics. Uh, he teaches here at Florida College the Foundations course, which is a course that is designed to explore the Christian worldview. So grateful that Dr. Moyer is with us. Shane Scott, professor, author, preacher here at the Valrico Congregation here in the Tampa area. He teaches in the Liberal Studies program, one of our undergraduate degrees here, especially in the Great Books program, which he's currently teaching, and also teaches in this Foundations course, which helps students uh, as they come into Florida College think about their view of the world. Doy, Shane, welcome. Good to be here. Good to be Great here. to have you here. So let's get going. Our topic today is this question of what shapes the worldview, the view of the world of a teenager. We're thinking about parents and teens and, and how they grow and how they remain faithful to Jesus. And so as they grow up, what shapes their view of the world? And, and as they move past the home into college, what are important considerations there for what will, will shape their view so, Doy, you know, we're thinking here in this podcast about insights for teens preparing to leave home. Um, what does a teen's view of the world matter to their life? Why should we even be
2: talking about this? Well, growing up is about learning how to think, and parents are mostly concerned about teaching their children how to think, how to live, make the right decisions, learn wisdom, and for Christians to train them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord so how we think determines how we live. The ideas and the thoughts that we have, uh, I have learned a long time ago that ideas have consequences. And so the choices that we make are based upon how we think. So these are the formative years in which young people are learning how to think and in turn how to make wise decisions, discern what's right and wrong about how they're going to live their lives.
1: Well, That sounds important. So I've used this phrase once, and you have too, That's not a common word, this worldview. Help us understand
2: what is a worldview as you're teaching about it in the Foundations course. I see the worldview as kind of a total interconnected web of beliefs and practices that reflect our understanding of what is good and true and beautiful. Mm. And we make those decisions about what we think is right and good and true. And we, we look for the beauty of life. And so a worldview encompasses all of that. It's, it's what really goes down to the foundation of everything that we are and everything that we do. Right. I love this. So
1: there's a foundation on which we all live. And, you know, I've heard you reference a book in the past by James Sires called Naming the Elephant. And he makes the point there that worldview is a matter of thinking, as you point out, it's also kind of an orientation of the heart, kind of a, a disposition we have in life, and so it is very foundational to the way. Yeah, we Yeah, it's at an the
2: all-encompassing idea that encompasses our thoughts, our desires, and the practices that we choose to engage in. So that's that's where we are with that. It's the total web of beliefs and practices. Now we're talking Shane we're talking about this as if this is
1: something that teenagers can kind of opt in or opt out of is that the case?
0: Well no not at all in fact teenagers are constantly bombarded with lots of worldview teaching we just don't think of it in those terms but every time they get on social media anytime they go on TikTok as a middle school student and see one of their peers talk about things like transitioning they're being given a whole web, interconnected set of beliefs about reality. Reality has no inherent structure or order. It's just random molecules that you can make whatever you want. It's a, it's a view that the fundamental purpose of life is for me to be satisfied internally and for reality to adapt to me rather than realizing I need to shape my life in conformity with what is real. So yeah, everybody is getting worldview education. The only choice we have is whether we will intentionally pursue worldview education that truly honors and glorifies God.
1: Well, that's the key, the intentional, kind of choosing what to do and not just having it happen to you. So given the importance, help help our Our audience, our teens and parents, thinking about this, think about how do we become more intentional? How do we shape our worldview?
0: Well, I think one of the key things is to recover a a view of education that I think was the view for a very long time and only recently in our culture changed which is a view of education. Uh, One of uh, the ladies in the class that I taught during lectures in our many great books class, we were going through the abolition of man, and we talked about what the purpose of education is. And uh, Glenda said the purpose of education is to teach young people to love what is good and not love what is bad. Wow, I love Uh, that. And I thought that is exactly what an education really should be. It's more than about pragmatic or utilitarian concerns, although those are certainly important. But there's something much more fundamental, and uh, I think parents realizing that that is the primary purpose of the education of their young people is to learn to love what is good and not love what is bad.
1: Dwayne, what about that? It sounds like it's a matter of, of training the mind, but also shaping the heart's desires here. How, how, does, how do people
2: shape their well, yeah, you, you. I I like to start in Acts 17, where you have major worldview questions being asked by and answered by Paul. Who is God? What is a human being? You know, God is the one who made the world and all things, and human beings have been made for the purpose of seeking after God and finding mm. Him. Um, what is our purpose, and, and where are we going? We have judgment coming in the end. Mm. So I I think about I, I ran across an ad back in the fall from the Wall Street Journal, Mm. and the ad said this decision will affect every decision. So whatever decision you make about the Mm. road you're going to take, the way you're going to think, the the choices that you're going to make, those decisions about what you think about God, other human beings, your purpose, where we're going, those are decisions that will affect every decision that you make. And that's why I think a book like Proverbs is written to young people, Mm. Uh, especially because they're learning how to navigate this world yes. and they're either going to use wisdom or folly. Right. You yeah. have to make those decisions. Yeah. It's so true. And, and that the wisdom they live
1: by, it could, it could be propositions that they assent to, this is true, this is not. It could be a story that they live by such as the story of Jesus and His life. But yeah, that's so so powerful to think about decisions that young people have to make. that This decision affects a lot of other decisions. I like that idea of the world view. So as we think about educational opportunities that people have in this world, one opportunity is the liberal arts college. Florida College happens to be a liberal arts college. And I oftentimes hear the liberal arts education connected to this question that we're talking about. Uh, this formation of a worldview, Christian or, or otherwise, let's wade into those waters just for a moment. And think through, and, and so the question that I have is: is you know, what is the benefit of a liberal arts education to this this deformation, particularly of a Christian worldview or a virtuous worldview, Shane? How do you think about that?
0: Well, I I think about a student I had in the second grade Books class that I taught. His name is Gavin Williams, who uh, we happened to be reading that day, I think, some of uh, a writer from the medieval period named Thomas Aquinas. But after class, he was just sort of casually gathering up his stuff, and he said, you know— the more I read these books, the more I understand the headlines in the news. And I thought, hey, that's our ad for uh, the liberal arts right right there because learning to think through things and to think through things critically in the kind of broad-based education that a liberal arts college offers helps you to make sense of your world. And um, that's what he was experiencing uh, in that moment. And so I think that's one of the key things. You know, I think we are all roughly – sort of around the same mm-hmm. age and I remember when I was in high school the big concern was you know that my heart would be guarded that I would you know go to a place where I would avoid what is bad and learn what is good sure. but there was a sort of a common belief in what is true across the culture generally. So you could focus really just primarily on the heart. Right. But clearly that has changed. And yes. there's no longer a broad consensus about what reality is. Yeah. And so recovering that sense of both guarding the heart and the mind yes. is what I believe our liberal arts education especially
1: offers. Well, so Doy, liberal arts, what difference does it make as we think about these questions?
2: Well, it's it's learning, of course, that all truth is God's truth. Uh, everything that we learn is is part of a world in which God has has set us and put us in here and, and intends for us to grow into what we can become for Him and His glory, and so part of it is definitional. Um, I sometimes get questions about uh, the word liberal. Yes, does liberal imply some uh, liberalism? Uh, with respect to politics, that's not what the word means with mm-hmm. respect to liberal arts education. Mm-hmm. It first of all has to do with a broad based education. You're mm-hmm. learning about several areas of life, mm-hmm. not just one thing, mm-hmm. but uh, trying to understand how there's kind of a unified knowledge mm-hmm. throughout all of these different fields. Yes. But secondly, liberal indicates that you're set free from something. And if truth sets us free from sin, in John 8, truth also sets us free to grow into the people we're supposed to become for him. Mm-hmm. So there's a liberating effect that comes with learning a, a broader range of truth and reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And so liberal arts, both in terms of the
1: concepts that you're introduced to and the experiences that you, that you gain, too. I mean, I'm sure you'd agree that, that worldview is a matter of what you learn, the, the, what you read, what you talk about, but it's also shaped very much by the experiences that you have in your life, intended, intentional and non-intentional. And I think a liberal arts degree that I've seen, the better ones really emphasize that full breadth of, of experiences to shape that, that worldview um,
2: intentionally. And coming back to that thought about the good, true, and beautiful, that's what a liberal arts education is intended to do, is to help equip us to understand what is the good, the true, and the beautiful. And then that, in turn, helps us uh, look around us and understand the news better, helps us understand the world around us better. And uh, I see that as as critical to what we're doing here. Exactly. Very good. Well, so let's think finally here about uh,
1: Christian worldview as it relates to God. and And, you know, a lot of our students at the end of the day, say, how can in my life I grow closer to Jesus? That's a fundamental question of Christian discipleship. And sometimes, you know, you hear Christian worldview, and it can kind of be an intellectual heady sort of thing. And I think one thing that you've helped us do today is kind of break that down, that myth. And so, you know, this is a very practical matter of, of how we live in our lives, and I'm grateful for that. So maybe share with us how you think about this question of Christian worldview and how it helps us in our relationship to God in Christ. What's the relationship there between worldview and discipleship? Uh, uh, so, Doy how do you think about that?
2: One passage that I think about is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul is talking about the love of Christ constraining us, and he makes the point that, you know, he died for all that, you know, we might live for him. So, he died that we might live. Well, that's, that's kind of the first step there, if we understand our salvation there. But uh, then he makes the point that you know from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, it, it changes. Once we understand what Jesus did for us, it changes the way that we see everybody else. Yes, absolutely. changes the way that we view our purpose, changes the way that we look at people. All of that is, is right. grounded in our... Uh, view of Christ, right,
1: and so Jesus in many ways becomes our worldview. He is in that the world. Regard. View. Yeah, so Christ is our life. That's yeah. that's the point. Very good, very good. That's helpful. Shane, how do you think about that?
0: I love the story in Mark fourteen when the woman comes into the house in Bethany and begins to anoint Jesus. And uh, those who think about things in more utilitarian or pragmatic concerns uh, grouse about how much money uh, is being wasted on Jesus. And Jesus basically says, knock it off and leave her alone. But then what he says is, she has done, the English Standard Version says, she has done a beautiful thing. Uh, C.S. Lewis in The Abolition of Man says, the purpose of the educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of an education that more beautifully can irrigate the desert than a liberal arts education taught with Christ as the center. Our young people need to know that there is something that is really, truly beautiful mm-hmm. and that they need to seek it, and uh, that's what we're trying to do here.
2: And if I can add one more passage to this in Romans 12, mm-hmm. 1 and 2, we're taught to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, this is a reasonable service. Then he makes the point that uh, don't be conformed to this age or to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm -hmm. So right in there you have kind of that idea, what's good, what's true, the will of God, what's pleasing, what's beautiful. All of that is found in that contrast between what the world offers and what Christ offers. And we're trying to offer Christ not just in religious studies, Mm -hmm. but in every study in everything that we do because yes. Christ is our life. Absolutely. You've been
1: gracious with us today. We've learned that we look at life through lenses, don't we? Lenses that we inherit, but lenses that we grind and shape for ourselves. Some of them are culture shapes for us and so we have to battle that oftentimes. So thank you for the insight you've, gained, you've given us today. Grateful for the work you're doing here and look forward to more conversations in days to come. Shane, boy, thanks so much, appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please subscribe to our channel and share this episode with other families in your life. Have a topic for a future show? Feel free to share it to the email provided in the description. Until next time, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by visiting floridacollege.edu.